Welcome to another episode of Discipleology, a podcast where we talk about all things discipleship. Today is a very special episode. We don't have Chris. We miss him. Where is he? I don't know that we miss him, but sure. Uh, today, we're going to get to talk about adoption. Uh, is something that I think is uh, very scary. Uh, I think it is very wonderful. Uh, the Bible calls us to care for orphans and widows. Um, Mary, you have adopted. And so I'm just going to ask you a ton of questions. Yeah, bring it. First off, why, why did you adopt? Yeah, great question. Uh, adoption is something I had wanted to do for a really long time. Now, it did take a little more time for my husband to be on board because we wanted to do foster care. I wanted to do foster care. Um, and I think the fear that a lot of people have is how am I going to welcome a child into my home, love them, and then potentially them go back to their biological family, which is fair. A lot of people have even said like, how could you do that? I would get too attached. And we're like, yes, you, you should get too attached. It is and it will cause grief, but it's worth it uh, because you get to walk alongside a family. You get to love a child and show them Jesus. And, and it is what we see over and over again in scripture, not only to care for widows and orphans, but also just the pattern of what Christ has done for us. And so as we talk about Jesus with our kids, we get to talk about, hey, Jesus has adopted us into God's family through Jesus. We have access to the father. We're no longer slaves. We're now sons, um, sons and daughters. And so they have a better understanding of that truth uh, because our son is an example of it. Our son knows that every right and every responsibility that our daughter has is also his, mm. uh, that he has access to uh, my husband and I in the same way that his sister does. Now, we have an interesting situation that we can talk a little bit more about, but we adopted through the foster system, um, not intending necessarily to adopt. And yet uh, our son was our first placement. So it's a little difficult for us to even talk about foster care because we feel like we had a very uh, atypical experience. And yet uh, it has been the most beautiful uh, picture for even just for me uh, selfishly mm -hmm. to see how the father treats his children. Um, and so we adopted because we felt biblically that that was something that we should do, that we were capable of doing. We actually were uh, about 20 weeks pregnant when we uh, opened our home. So we had been foster parents. We'd been approved through the foster system. It's kind of a long nine week program. And then you get a home study. And so we had moved. So we were serving at a church in a new county. And so when you swap counties, you have to re up your home study, hmm. you swap which organization you're with. And so uh, we had closed our home for a season because we knew we were moving. We did not want a child to be placed with us and then for them to be replaced. Uh, in another situation. So a child loses about six months of development every time their placement swaps. And so we wanted to keep that as, as little as possible and as stable as possible. So we had closed our home, found out we were expecting. Um, I was very, very sick. So we kept our, our house closed for a while and about halfway through, and this is absolutely the Lord about halfway through. I looked at my husband. I was like, I'm not getting better, but I've learned to cope. So like, 
we should open our house. We have extra bedrooms. Why would we not? Why would we wait? Um, And just knowing who I am and like how I deal with sickness and what a baby I am, like that is absolutely something the Lord had to do. And it's so apparent that he was kind of working out this plan. Um, And so we opened our home. And about two weeks later, we got a phone call for our son, Caleb, who um, had just been born. It was going to be an adoption situation. And uh, we were given 10 minutes to decide. So we had just found out we were having a baby girl about halfway through pregnancy. And three days later, we get a phone call and we're like, oh, we're having a boy too. Wow. How much of it is, um, we both feel very called. My wife and I feel very called to adoption. Um, but we are absolutely terrified to go through that process, to go through having somebody go through everything in our lives to see if we're fit to do this. Um, it feels very invasive. Um, but that's still not a reason to not do it. Absolutely. And it is. And some of the rules, uh, specifically in the foster system, there's so many rules you have to keep up with. Like you have to keep all of your cleaning supplies in a locked box, which we were like, that is so silly. Like this, can we just put a cabinet lock on something? And they were like, no, it has to be a locked box. All of your medication has to be in a locked box, which um, there are a lot of hoops to jump through. And I actually am really thankful that there are a lot of hoops to jump through because it just means that just as you said, like we, we match kind of our, um, what we fear to like our dedication to the process, our dedication to these children. And, um, and so for us as, as frustrating as that was, sometimes it was like, Oh, but this is an opportunity for us to be faithful. It is an opportunity for me to be faithful by putting the Windex back in the locked box, even though it is a, it's a real pain to have to unlock the closet and put it in and clean and you know, all of the different things. And, but yet it is a step-by-step obedience and it, it allowed us to even before we had our son in our home to be mindful of the fact that that we needed to be praying for a child that might be in our home, that we needed to be praying for every child that's being uh, walked through the process of like DCS or or of um, child protective services. And so uh, we learned a lot in the process. We saw a lot of things that were really sad, specifically in the foster system. We, uh, of course we had to go to court once a month. We had lots of meetings with people. Um, our situation was very different because there weren't parents involved in the process. And so, um, there were even moments where, uh, DCS was running ads in the newspaper on our behalf to say like a baby was born. And if you think you might be the father, like, please reach out and let us know. And so there were all of these processes and that was, Honestly, that was really scary for us to think, what if someone does reach out? What if this doesn't happen? And I think even in a traditional adoption situation, whether that be domestic or international, there still are so many questions Mm -hmm. of how are we going to raise this money? Mm -hmm. Um, Adoption 
through an agency tends to be very expensive. Um, how are we going to uh, walk through this? How long is this going to take? We have friends who, you know, it uh, was a six month process. And then we have friends who it was a seven year process. Right. Um, and there are just so many variables. And so for us, uh, we just kind of had to surrender that and say, we don't know how any of this is going to go down. Uh, we had prayed that God will allow us to adopt from the foster system at some point or to lead us to an agency situation at some point when the timing was right. We did not specify our timing with the Lord. And so we were like, sure, we'll raise two at once. We don't know what raising one is like, so why not? Um, and so for us, it was, it's been a beautiful picture just of God's grace and faithfulness and kindness to us. Um, and Caleb is our, our son is like the picture of just Christ likeness and so kind and so mm. loving. Whereas our biological child is not all of those things all the time. Uh, she's a little more, a uh, little more direct, a little more uh, just all over the place, but um, it has been one of the hardest things we've walked through. And we know that in the future, it will continue to be hard because adoption, there's grief uh, connected to adoption. So even our son who never knew his biological parents, he was still carried mm -hmm. by a woman. He has lots of questions. We never hide that. Even as a, as a five-year-old, we talk openly about his, his birth mom, his birth parents. Mm -hmm. He has lots of questions. And, and some of those questions are heart-wrenching. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, he was like, do you think that they'll like reach out? Do you think I'll know her? Do you think like, could we go live at their house? Like, can you come with me mm. and let's go live at their house? Um, and, and we just don't know a whole lot about, um, Caleb's birth parents. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's heart wrenching for us to have those conversations and to think on mother's day, there's a mom out there somewhere mm thinking about our son and wondering where he is and wondering, you know, wondering if she made the right choice. And, and we're just so thankful that adoption is possible. Um, and that, that God gifted this child to our family, but yeah, it is terrifying in a lot of ways. And we know that there'll be lots of conversations as a teenager that we may not be able to answer. Um, and we know that he will grieve. We have grieved that for him too, and will continue to. Um, but we hope that through it all, despite that grieving, that he sees Christ mm -hmm. in his story and that he gets to uh, use his story as a picture of the gospel. We've been told that it doesn't matter what age they are when you adopt, that there's trauma involved. Yeah. Absolutely. And so dealing with that grief, dealing with those questions, um, it's always going to be there. Yeah. Um, we've got some friends that have fostered several times now, mm -hmm. and they just um, adopted two of the, the kids that they were fostering. And their big statement is fostering is not graduating to adoption. Absolutely. They are different processes. It just happens this way sometimes. Absolutely. Talk to us a yeah. little bit about the difference between fostering and adoption. Sure. Foster care is always about reunification. Mm -hmm. So the goal is always that a child would be raised in their biological home. We know that that is actually what's best for a child. Uh, it, it produces the least amount of trauma is for them to be with the parents who, who they look like, who they have inherited characteristics from. Um, 
who they get to embrace like the ethnic background or the familial background um, alongside. And so we uh, we mourn that we've kind of lost that for our son. Like we don't know a lot of details. We can't help him celebrate his his background, his family. Um, And so foster care is really focused on keeping the family unit together, if at all possible, and giving every opportunity for a biological family to have the time and the processes to become great parents. And so a lot of times a court will uh, assign parenting classes, they'll assign drug testing, they'll give them the tools that they need to continue to develop parenting skills uh, that will really serve them well throughout a child's life. And the the foster parent's role is to love the child well, care for the child well, but also celebrate the, the biological family and to create opportunities for that mom to really succeed. And so that's something that really pulled us to foster care. We hope we get to do foster care again as our kids get a little bit older um, because it's such an opportunity to not just love a single child, but to love a whole family unit to show a whole family Jesus and to really change the direction of a family for the rest of history, Mm -hmm. for generation after generation to introduce them to Christ. Um, And so we are fans of foster care and we are fans of reunification. Now that is like we've already talked about, it can be traumatic and it can be really, really sad for a foster family who's loved a child for two years to see them go home. Um, And so it does take a reliance on the Lord to be able to rejoice in that Mm. and to be able to look this sweet child in the face and say, this is the best thing that could happen is for you to go back to your mom, back to your biological family. And so, um, Adoption, of course, is often the result of an absence of a mother and father or um, the surrendering of um, a child either at the hospital, uh, through an agency, even through DCS or internationally uh, at an orphanage or if parents have, uh, if they've been orphaned, if this child's been orphaned for some reason. And so that's when we get to stand in the gap and say, there's not someone serving this role for you. I would love to have the opportunity to do so. Um, And so there are differing goals between mm-hmm. foster care and adoption. But just like you said, we have dozens of friends who've adopted through the system and who have beautiful relationships with biological families, even to this day, um, where they've continued to get to show them the way of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, which what an opportunity to expand your family in a way you never expect. Uh, Yes, it's messy. It will always be messy. Uh-huh. There's no way around that. Yes, it is scary. You're letting these people into your lives that you don't necessarily know. I mean, the moment a child is dropped off in your home, they're strangers to you. And so you have to also think like, I'm a stranger to this child. How terrifying could that be? And so um, we uh, we just love the picture of the gospel it is. We love, I, I feel like there's a real movement in the Nashville area towards adoption and mm-hmm. also foster care. And that's lost its stigma. Yes. Right? Yeah. And churches. I mean, our church just rallied mm-hmm. around us when we brought our son home, we owned a glider 
and like a baby pillow. And that was it. And uh, so we found out on a Saturday that we were going to bring him home on a Tuesday. And on Sunday, our church had to follow us home because all of the things that they brought for for this sweet baby would not fit in our car. And a family washed our clothes for weeks, which... Let's just talk about the ministry of the spirit that that is like you are washing my clothes with baby spit on them um, and bringing them folded nicely back to my home. The church just has really loved us well. It's the best picture of the church that I've seen in my life. Um, And so that is, I think, the call to churches is if you're not called to foster care, you're not called you don't have an extra bedroom. You don't have the capacity for um, an additional family member. It's who in your community can you support? Mm. Who can you take dinner to who just got a new placement? Uh, how can you support foster care and adoption? Even if that's not your calling, but scripturally, we are all called to care for widows and orphans. And there are certainly ways to do that. And so, um, One really practical way is that DCS offices or your child protective services, whatever it's called in your area, those uh, go by multiple different names. They always need duffel bags uh, because when they go into a home, they have to retrieve children from often a difficult situation and they're often given trash bags to collect their things, which is just very dehumanizing um, to think that everything you have is going to be packed up in a trash bag and moved to a new family where you don't know anyone and, and everything feels kind of distant and and weird to be able to be told like, this is your bag and this is going to go with you wherever you go just means a lot to a kid. So it's, Simple as purchasing a backpack or a duffel bag uh, is an excellent way to minister to those in foster care. This was such a good conversation that we actually decided to split this episode into two different episodes. So we're going to push pause on this for this week and we will continue it next week. We will see you then.